0: You, you know what, um, I've known Barbara uh, for quite a while and I, I, I never knew that she could actually speak that well. <laughs> thank you, Barbara and Rick. Thank you for that uh, generous Thanksgiving to the staff. You, you know, be honest, I, I think uh, in line with both of the people, Barbara and Art. Um, Thanksgiving, I think it kind of sums up my sermon, so I really don't have to kind of go on. But anyways, anyways, the show must go on. Anyways, um, now, if you have a knack of remembering, I was up here exactly a year ago and asked this question, what was last year's social justice theme? So 2021, and no one got it. So I'm standing up here again, asking the same question. What was last year, 2022's social justice theme? Now, because no one got the year before, I remember I came up and said, you know what? We're going to make it really simple. Just one word. Anybody know? Anybody remember? Good. Somebody said it. I'm hearing. Good. Jenna. Good. Say it louder. Just us. Good. Very good. That was the theme for last year. And this year is actually called the least of these, from Matthew twenty uh, Matthew twenty five forty, which says, "I'm going to read a little bit more. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked me after, You would look after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me." Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry, feed, fed you, or thirsty, or give you something to drink? When do we see you stranger invited you in, or needing clothes or clothe you? When do we see you sick and in prison and go visit you? And the king replied, truly I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You know, I really believe that living faithfully in a diverse society means holding fast to the truth of the scripture that Jesus is our eternal hope, while at the same time loving our neighbors as ourselves. It it can be challenging as Jesus connected service to the needy with our eternal rewards. Now, don't get me wrong, salvation is only through faith alone. Apart from good deeds, but we know that the transformed people will be eager to do what is good, cause God has always shown special concerns for the poor, the needy, the orphans, and the widows. And it should come as no surprise that he expects his followers to do the same. Now, what I find this verse, verse 40, what it is so surprising about the least of these is that our service is ultimately not to the poor but to Christ himself as verse 40 states so as we celebrate this year's social justice month and to be more be aware of the causes and the needs uh, next week uh, we're inviting uh, the director of foster the city not Christine, but the guy, the big kahuna, Philip Patterson, joining us next week. And to wrap up the following Sunday, uh, we have one of my, one of my close friends. Um, actually, um, he is actually the cha- um, chaplain of your Shirley San Francisco Giants. So Doug, uh, when you won that uh, raffle ticket to go to the game, he actually was the one who actually donated because he's a chaplain. But not only that, but he runs a ministry called Mobilized Love in San Francisco, where he takes the portable showers and the portable pantries, and he takes care of the knees to the least of these. And so for the month of November, as we celebrate the month of Thanksgiving, we want you to be mindful of the verse. The king replied, I truly, I tell you, whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for Christ. So let me pray as we dive into the word of God. Father God, I thank you for allowing us to celebrate the month of November. And when we think of the month of November, Thanksgiving automatically comes to our mind. But I ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, Thanksgiving is something I think for us. As Barbara mentioned, we woke up this morning in a warm bed, a roof over our heads. And yet, Father God, there are so many people in this world, Father God, do not have the luxuries of the Thanksgiving. And yet sometimes they are the more grateful people that I know. So, Father God, this morning and the month of November, I just ask that, Lord, would you allow us to shout out or command our soul and heart to be grateful for these causes. And because, Father God, that we do these things for the least of these, because we do it for you. So, would you, Father God, speak to us loud and clear, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, last Sunday, um, I, I cut my finger very, very deeply, n- not on a knife. Actually, I was opening up some boxes and, and um, I got a cut. And it's, it's all healed. You can't even see it, it was damaged. But it, it, it hurt a bit for a couple of days. And we all know that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. If one foot wanted to go one way and the other foot wanted to go the other way, that we would never go anywhere, right? You know, last week, as I was kind of presenting to the parents, staff, uh, uh, something just came up. If the lung decided or to say, hey, you know what? I don't like where I'm positioned. It's too dark in here. And, and it's not fair that the eyes get all the attention, So I want more exposure. So the lung decides to come out from our body. Well, then, you know what? We all know that we would all die of infection, right? That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 12 teaches that every single part of the body plays a very, very unique role and contributes the whole body for the benefits. But sometimes it's those parts, those people, the least of these get unnoticed and overlooked. Uh, I've always felt that the best way to preach these kinds of messages, give it to the poor, give it to the needy, and I, I love Barbara's kind of, her humorous way of, hey, you know what, um, every piece matters, is that to pull some of the truth so that we can actually apply in our daily walk. And today, one of the truth is to cultivate a heart of gratitude. And I really believe that one of the best ways for us to be thankful is to be generous with our time, talent, and treasures. But honestly, how do we do that? And so that is the truth that we want to accomplish this morning. Um, I don't know when, and sometimes as a pastor... Certain illustration that you have read a while ago just kind of pops up. Uh, I read of a, a very, very cynical businessman who wrote, people are ingrates. And it took me 61 years to find that out. And the story goes, the story goes, I have 157 employees in my company, men and women of all ages. And last year, I sent them 157 turkeys, choice turkeys for Thanksgiving, but only four thanked me. Two thanked me by sending me a post-it note and two thanked me as they were passing by the hallway at our company. And because of their thanklessness, I have decided that to never go out of my ways to be nice again. I have decided that I will never go out of my ways to be nice again. You know, um, nothing turns us bitter, selfish, dissatisfies people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will do more to restore the contentment and joy of our salvation than a true spirit of Thankfulness. And I want you to think back to a time when you receive a very generous gift. It, it might be, have been a very, very extravagant or something big and given to you unexpectedly, or it, it could have been a small gift that met your really, really specific need that you had during that time. Now, how did you feel when you were receiving that gift? Now, this time, I want you to think back to a time when you actually gave a generous gift to someone else and you saw their reactions and how did that make you feel? In both cases, I bet you there was this joy and the felt of gratitude in your life. Over the course of my life, I could think of two specific instances. Now, th- there are way more, believe me. There are way more, but two distinctive incidences come to mind. One, uh, the very first church that I had served at, uh, our, our family had received a very, very generous gift and coming back from a discipleship training from YWAM. And the other, where our family was able to give generously to a person who was in desperate need. Now, when I had received that particular gift, we were very, very like, astonished that someone, in this case, it was a church, the body of Jesus Christ, would be or could be that generous with us. And I just couldn't stop thanking them and, of course, thanking God. And because we were lavishly loved we were moved by the Holy Spirit to give a gift to someone. And I remember when we actually gave that gift, how thankful they were because they were just glowing because that's exactly what they needed. And I stood there, our family stood there, so grateful for ourselves that we could actually be a blessing unto them. If you look... Do you know that generosity produces thanksgiving? I'm going to say it again. Generosity produces thanksgiving. Why? Because God had actually designed us that way. If you read in 2 Corinthians nine eleven, this is what the word of God says. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving especially thanksgiving unto the Lord. And so this morning, we want to dive into a passage. We want to dive into, you know what? I don't know if you read my mind, Barbara, but today's passage is actually from Psalm 103. And so David begins today's passage with a bunch of commandments. I don't know if you've ever, ever read Psalm 103. It's actually a commandment unto his own soul for the responses to God of all the benefits that he had actually had in thankfulness. And so let's start in verse 2. And praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all the benefits, who forgives all our sins, heals all of our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth would be renewed like eagles. Now, I want you to keep in mind that David is actually speaking into his own soul during probably one of the lowest times in his life, a life-changing scandal, adultery with Bathsheba. And he's facing so much spiritual and physical battles. But I want you to take a look at Psalm 103, what he does. He actually stops in his tracks and begins to talk to his soul as to say, Hey, wake up. Wake up you in there and start blessing the Lord. Stop counting his benefits and give him the thanks that he deserves." David, I I know you are treading some rough waters right now, but stop looking at the black dots on your white canvas of life don't count the days that are overcast but i want you to focus on the sunshines linda i don't like the sunrise or the sunsets either but i know when i go and watch it's a beautiful thing and so david is talking to himself stop focusing on the disasters What's happening in the world, but I want you to start looking and focusing on the sunshines. You know, over the course of my life, I read a lot of books on prayers. And one of the things I noticed that none of these books, or a lot of these books, none of them actually include a chapter or a section on Thanksgiving. It seems that the hardest arithmetic for us to figure out is to count our blessings, And it is so ironic, almost to the point of comedy, that the people would focus on the evil that we blindly overlook, the immeasurable abundance of good things in our life. I mean, should we count the thorns without counting the stars? Yes, there are a lot of wars, but if you look at the world right now, there are actually more peace in the world in our world today. Isn't there more beauty? that ugliness in our lives. Now, don't laugh, okay, as we do this. I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to do something for me, okay? Now, it could be your spouse, it could be your friends, it could be your siblings, brothers, sisters in Christ. I want you to look them in the eyes and say, you are so beautiful. You are so awesome, You are so fantastic. I mean, you know what, guys? When was the last time that you actually said these kind of things to the people sitting next to you? When was the last time, uh, Linda, that you said to your husband, right, thank you for putting up with me? That's right. That's right. (laughs) to the people of God that has brought us together as this body of Jesus Christ, where we've been worshiping day and day and night. You know what, do you know that today is the 44th week into 2023, and as Rick just kind of mentioned, he's been coming to CLC for 35 plus years, and I know Pastor Calvin's been coming here for 40 years, and you know what, I want you to right now think about how long has it been that I've been coming to CLC? Man, that's a long time, right? It's a long time that we've been together, but how often do we recognize for their services? How often do we recognize for their sacrifices? Terence Lowe, where are you? Are you here? You know what? I just want to say thank you so very much for all the things that you do. Sometimes you may not know that people are watching, but God is watching at least I'm watching. You're the last person who actually leaves this place because you're doing all that dirty dishes in our kitchen. And, and I've been coming just a little under four years. Man, I just, like today, like I've received so much love and thankfulness from you all. Something incredible happened this, this week. Um, because the month of October is staff appreciation, and you guys are giving me gifts, and, you know, giving me gifts, and, and gifts, and I had received a, 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 a letter. It, it's, a, it's a card. And, you know, when you receive certain people's card, you, you know how much that person actually put into Some cards, you're like, I know this person only spent like a couple seconds writing it. I thank you for the sake of thanking, you know. But this, as me and my wife were reading it this week, I knew this person spent a lot of time thanking. And as we were reading it, I, I was really, like I said, really, really felt appreciated being a pastor at CLC. So start counting your blessings rather than your discontentments. So as we enter the month of November, we, at, we, we the staff here, feel strongly about this new campaign that we're, we're launching. We're calling it 30 Days of Thanksgiving this week. What I want you to do is I want you to thank somebody specifically who's been a spiritual encouragement mentor, and I want you to send them a note, email, text And I want you to state what they had done for you and how it had affected your life in your Christian walk. And if you think of that person, please send a small gift. It could be a card. It could be a gift card. And I want you to, you know, think and say thank you and include your appreciation for them. And lastly, we, we have this Every Peace Matters giving campaign. And I'm not going to go into details because I think Barbara did a fantastic job. And so King David begins to count his blessings in the midst of his trials. He first gives thanks. Look at verse 3. Who forgives all our sins and heals all of our diseases. He actually gives thanks who forgives all our iniquities. He says, consider the cross. Consider that on the cross, Jesus put his arms and said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And on the cross, he finally says, it is finished. Or literally, it is paid in full. Our sins have been paid in full. Now, when was the last time that you thanked God for what God had done on the cross, that Jesus Christ had died for you, died for someone that you know, you could fill in the blank, so that I may have redemption. When was the last time that you actually thanked God for your salvation? In verse 3b, then he lists, he, and he says, he has healed all of all our diseases, You know, it's a known fact that as you get older and older, young people, you don't do this. (laughs) But as you get older and older, we actually take our health for granted until we lose it. I mean, until we're missing some functions or some parts. And we begin to say, oh, I took that for granted. And David during his kind of misery, in the midst of his trials, I'm sure he's not eating, right? Maybe he's losing some sleep. So I don't know. But he says, I want to thank you, Lord, that you are the one who actually heals my diseases. Now, I want you to notice something, and I'll, I'll play back a little later, is that he doesn't have this misery all over Meaning that his misery is not done. His his misery, he didn't come out of the tunnel. He's in the midst of this misery and trials, but he still says, I want to thank you. And so I want to say, ask, when was the last time you actually said thank you to God that I have these beautiful hands, these sexy legs, that I could walk? Now I'm I'm I I'm slow I'm slowing down a bit, but I, I want to say thank you, Lord, that you have given me these hands, the eyes, the arms, the legs that I have. Uh, it, it was a church that, that that we had received a lot of love too. And I remember this one lady, she was a actually an elderess. Now we don't have an elder rest, you know, a title. But she was actually an elderess. And, and, and our 70th birthday, people are asking, so what is your wish? What do you wish for? You want to go on a cruise? You want to go on a... And this lady asked the Lord, can you give me my youth? Just 10 more years. And one of the deacons were like joking, like, what do you want your youth back? And I still remember her saying to the whole congregation, because she was one of the oldest person in our church, she said, I regret not serving God more in my youth so that I could actually just gain 10 more years so that I could actually serve God faithfully more. And so David starts to speak into his inner self. It's forgiven me. For my sins, He has healed me of my diseases. Now I want you to stop here for a moment because we know that the souls can have ailments, right? Discouragements, depressions, doubt, fear, anxiety, and that David is saying what he's saying—that our Lord can heal of all diseases. But Pastor Ben. I I still have a child who's sick. I have a sister who's going through some tough times. I've got some really issues, big issues in my life right now. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes I can't even see the tunnel. You know, when I was in seminary, I had an evangelism pastor or professor who was a bit slow. He spoke with a slight lisp, and because of the way that he taught, it brought boredom to the whole class. It wasn't until the last day of the class where we saw not only the importance of evangelism, okay, no doubt, right, but how beautiful of a conversion story he had. You see, as a child, this professor grew up doing a lot of drugs, and so when, when he went to the hospital and the doctors told him that half of his brain was dead, not functioning properly, but on the night of his conversion, God promised him that not only did he was going to heal him of part of his half of his brain, that, that God promised him that he was going to make him a great evangelist. During the class, he stood And everybody was in silence because we were so amazed by his conversion story. And he told us, you know, I laughed at God when he told me what he was going to promise me that he was going to do. But look, I'm here. Even though I am not fully healed, speaking with a lisp, but I still want to thank God for the promises that he will still keep. You see, God took this guy with a stuttering maniac with a half of his brain not functioning to become a dynamic teacher, pastor. But later I found out he actually became a great evangelist. My evangelism professor was, I don't know if you guys know, in the inner circle, his name was Mike McIntosh. A very, very well-known evangelist who started a horizon christian fellowship and many other groups that we know of today. And so David gives thanks to God and he says he who heals all our diseases. You know, I know it's a kind of a foreign a hard concept for us to follow because when do we usually give thanks? We usually give thanks when we actually give or we actually get what we ask for, don't we? I wanted this, I wanted that. And whenever God answers them, whatever God gives it to us, okay, then I want to say thank you. But if you read all the miracles that Jesus actually had performed throughout the Gospels, do you know when Jesus actually gave thanks? After seeing the miracles, no, but before. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of my favorite stories, uh, it usually deals with food, is feeding of the 5,000. When the two disciples came to Jesus, hey, Jesus, we have a little problem here. We got all these people, we have no food, and not even half a year's worth of wages are going to solve this crisis. I want you to take a look at verse 41. Verse 41 says, Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heavens, he gave thanks and broke the bread. Jesus gave thanks and he broke the bread. When? After the miracle happened? No. This is before the miracle happened. And I really believe this is what worship is. When we worship Him with spirit and truth, we begin to believe the sovereignty of an absolute God, who is going to be good no matter what, not swayed by any circumstances, not swayed by any emotions. We become a worshipper, and we simply give thanks regardless of the outcome. You see, thanksgiving is a form of a praise where we respond to God because what God has done for us in our lives. But worship, a true worship, is where we respond to God for simply who he is. That's it. The end. I know it's a great mystery. It's a, it's a misunderstanding that a lot of us misunderstand about coming to church. You see, God didn't create us so that we could actually get our answers to our prayers or our wishes to be answered, but that God created us simply to worship the Father himself. We are designed to respond to God's presence with worship, and when we do so, we are continually transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And thanksgiving and praises are necessary sacrifices but in true worship, we ourselves are the living sacrifices. And God longs to see his people and their wills, like I imagine, like on a, on a clay, on, on a wheel, shaped by the determination to exalt him no matter what. And while we are on this wheel, while we are worshiping, we are actually being shaped for an eternal role right now. So that our hearts are being shaped to give him thanks in adversary. To give him him thanks and praises in the middle of those things that we don't understand. Or some of the things we can't control or confuse. We're trying to still figure out. But we are willing to declare him great. Because we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. We become a people that have determined to exalt him based upon who he is, not because of the outcome or the circumstances, because he will always be the same forever and ever and ever. You know, um, as I was kind of preparing for this, I have a Grandma Moses. Do you guys know what a Grandma Moses picture is? Okay, okay. Barbara saying, yes, some of you guys know. I, I never have seen it until my wife put it up in our living room. And to be honest with you, it's not a very pretty. And so I was kind of, I was trying to f- figure out a way that I could actually kind of make it presentable to you guys. And as I was passing by our living room, and looked at Grandma Moses' picture, and then I'm going, hmm. And all of, a, all of a sudden, something just came to my, 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 my head. You see, thanksgiving becomes a belief or a command that is spoken into our souls that God is painting a picture in our lives and that everything is going to turn out okay. But even though right now, the picture looks kind of funny, it's fuzzy. There's a blob of a green here and a little blob of orange there. The figures aren't really quite all together. And when we look at the picture, we go, "Um, it's not really pretty. It's, not, it's a mess. But in the mind of the artist... Knows the finished product. And when we begin to give him worship unto the sovereign Lord, I began to give thanks to the Lord in the midst of this unclear blob. And I began to trust and believe that the artist, God, is good and he's going to make things turn out for my own good, for his glory. Sometimes even if I have to see that complete picture when I actually go to heaven. You see, true worship leads us to an absolute thanks and giving of our time, talent, and treasure naturally flows from our lives, which produces joy in our walk of faith. God wants us not coming to church saying, can you figure this out? Can you answer this? What God wants us, God wants us to worship him. You know, I'll be honest with you. He doesn't need us, right? It couldn't be self-sufficient God and need nothing or anybody, anything else. But the amazing thing is that he wants us. He desires for us. You know, when Adam sinned, it was not that he cry, cried out, where are you, God? But it was God who cried out, Adam, where are you? And so in verse 5, he says, he who satisfies my own desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. When we worship, when we worship him with truth, in spirit, we become just like what David kind of commanded his soul that we would be renewed like a youth like an eagle now i, I don 't have all the time it 's only first five verses. I want to take a look at the last verse, because this is the last verse, verse 22, as David concludes by giving us the range of gratitude for all God's benefits. He says, praise the Lord, all His works, everywhere in his dominion, praise the Lord, my soul. And he concludes, all the responses to God's benefit, bless the Lord and give God all the thanksgiving. One of the books that had a great impact in my spiritual walk it wasn't necessarily a theological book. It was a book called The Hiding Place by Corrie Tan Some of you guys may know that Corrie Tan was a Jew in a concentration camp in a World War II. And we all know how the Nazis mistreated the Jews horribly, right? She was in a camp called Raisenbrook where she describes in her book the filth of her barracks, not to mention the outhouses. Pretty much their lives in the concentration camps were miserable to detestable. The beds were wasted with so many holes, and the windows during the cold nights didn't provide them any warmth. And on top of that, there were a lot of fleas. Fleas everywhere. But during the time of worship, Corey's sister said, hey, why don't we get up? Let's go point by point over every part of our room and thank God for every provisions that he has given us. He has given us the beds. He has given us at least a place to lay our heads. And so as they were going around the room and thanking God for everything in the concentration camp, now Corey Tamboon seeing the masses of fleas everywhere, stopped in her tracks and said to her sister, I won't thank God for those fleas. I refuse to thank God for those detestable fleas. They're an annoyance. Months went by to their amazement story. They realized that Nazis did not come into their barracks for months to haul people and to put them into the gas chambers. And later in the story, Corey realizes and found out the reason the soldiers, the Nazi soldiers, refused to come into their barracks, which allowed them to have a daily prayers and worship, was because of those fleas. Those detestable, despicable fleas. And upon realizing that, Corey Ten Boone Thank the Lord for those fleas. You may ask, how is that possible? And the answer is because they began to worship the Father. Realizes even the fleas, that God was providing them the safety. For months, they were able to do their prayers and Bible studies and worship. Those stinking fleas drove the Nazis away from the barracks. I think, you know what, as a pastor, as a church, we could actually say, hey guys, every piece matters. There are the poor, there are needies, there are people that need our help. I could talk all the sermons that I could desire. Maybe sometimes like someone like Barbara could kind of give you guys the guilt feelings. But this morning... I just want to say, I want us to worship. Because when we worship, thanksgiving becomes our attitude. And we begin to say, oh, thank you, O Lord. I want to conclude with this one verse that is found in Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do, whether in words or in deeds, do all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father, which have given us all that possible.